Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Chapter 14. Damn shame I did that. I let that man feast on me for a good hour, and unfortunately, I loved every minute of it. I had done extensive reading on cunnilingus, but of course, Jason didn't do anything but go downtown and window shop. He never actually purchased anything. I couldn't imagine coming as many times back to back as I did. So guys, um, this for the men, ladies, you already fucking noticed. Guys, women don't usually orgasm via penile penetration. Like they do, like if you know and you have them completely in the mood and you're doing it right and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it happens, but... A lot of times they need more stimulation than just jam it and ram it. So, cunnilingus, licking the pussy, is a really good step towards getting them into that mode. Kissing their thighs, kissing the back of their neck, talking to them, touching them in their erogenous zones. Like, suck a toe every once in a while. Do something! But, yeah, don't just go down there and think you're just going to jam it in and it's going to work. I mean, if if you're like me and you did got the hook, then yeah, maybe because you're hitting a different spot. But switch positions. Get active. But Jason doesn't know any of that. Jason's only had one lover his entire life, and I'm quite sure she's not telling him about what she thinks his problems are. So there's no growth if there's... Never a if, if if I'm never told that my food is nasty to you, if I'm never told that you think my food needs seasoning, I'm not gonna add the seasoning. And yeah, once you tell me my food needs seasoning, I might get insulted for a few minutes, depending on who you are in our relationship. But once I get through that, I'm gonna really think about it as a person who is trying to satisfy the customer, which in this case is your partner, and I'm gonna add the seasoning or omit the seasoning, depending on what you need. Guys, that's a message. I lost count somewhere after 20. Every time I would try and pull away, he would pull me back down towards him, whispering things like, give me my pussy, and damn, you taste delicious. He was fingering me and pulling some of my juice out with his fingers so he could suck it off. Scared the living daylights out of me. When he finally came up for air and started pulling down his silk pajama pants, I jumped up. I took a good look at him. His face and chest and hands were all smothered with my essence. I started grabbing for my belongings, shoving my stockings and panties into the side pocket of my large purse. 
I, I really have to go. Before you taste me, baby? I looked up from the sofa, and his dick was all up in my face. I was so nervous. Lord knows I had never sucked a dick. I scooted down the sofa to an available section where I can get up. I can't do that. I'm sorry. I'm a married woman, and I love my husband very much. What we just did was wrong. Dead wrong. But actually, it was right. Wrong client, but it was right. Like, if you felt great about it, then you need to tell your husband this is what happened when somebody did this to me. But that'll need you to admit that you had an affair, which is scary. But in the end result, you will be able to either he's either going to leave you or you're going to be able to teach him that you need to know more about sex. Y'all need to know more about sex. He followed me to the door. I could feel the sticky substance rubbing between my upper thighs as I walked. It may have been wrong, but we both want to do it. I wasn't going to try to deny it. I did want him to eat me out, so there was no point in even faking the funk. I looked Quentin dead in the eyes and admitted, yes, I did want it, but it can never happen again. Side note, I feel the same way about the phrase eat you out as you feel about the word moist. I opened the door and walked out in the hallway, finally feeling a bit out of danger of doing something else freaky with him. His pants were still down the front, and I didn't even notice his dick bouncing around in the air until he reached down and covered it back up. So, when will I see you again? To talk business, of course. Yeah, right. Business. I pushed the button on the elevator, which was one of those service elevators all warehouses have, with the gates you have to pull up and down. It arrived at the floor, and he came rushing up behind me to lift it. Let me get that for you. Thanks. I'll be in touch. I got on, and he pulled the gate back down while I pushed the button for the garage level. As he was disappearing out of view head first, I heard him yell, I'm sure you will be. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Driving a few blocks in my building, I broke out in a cold sweat. I parked my car and went up to my suite, informed my secretary, Shane, to hold all my calls, and retreated to the sanctuary of my private office. Once I locked the door, I pulled the chain to close the vertical blinds. Even though I was on the 10th floor, you never know who may be watching. I took one of the wooden African figures that a fellow arts dealer shipped me from Africa off my desk. It was a small head sitting on a wooden base. It was carved in the image of an African tribesman. The head was round like a dildo, and oh, I didn't hesitate to throw my leg up on my desk and stick it in my pussy head first. The cold, hard wood felt strange inside my pussy walls, but I figured fucking it was better than fucking Quentin, and Lord knows I wanted to fuck him so bad right at the moment. After I came all over my desk chair, I started thinking about the way he ate me out and how much I enjoyed it. If only Jason was open enough to experiment with sex, our love life would have been so much better. Splinters. That's what I was thinking about. You know, splinters. It was after 10 when Jason and I finally got all the kids bathed and put to bed. He was lying on our king-size sleigh bed watching the news when I came up from checking to make sure the stove was off and auto doors were locked. As fine as Quentin was, he couldn't compare to my husband. Jason has always been and will always be the finest man in the world to me. He was wearing a pair of white cotton pajama pants, and as usual, he had left the matching shirt of the set on the bed for me. 
We often did that, split a pair of pajamas. I grabbed the shirt off the bed and headed towards the master bath. I'm about to grab a quick shower, boo. Want to join me? I knew what his answer would be before he replied. Nah, baby, go ahead. I'm going to catch the rest of this news. Jason never wanted to shower or bathe together. It seemed like anything that would have brought us closer together physically was a taboo to him. I got in the shower. The warm water felt great hitting up against my skin. I thought about Quentin, all the things he had said and done to me. I realized no matter what, I had to avoid seeing him again at all costs, even if that meant forgetting about the business deal. It was inevitable what would happen between us, and I couldn't allow it. You know, the more I think about Jason and his hesitance at being intimate or being in the nude, not being in the nude, but really being intimate and providing uh, sexual comfort to Zoe, he was probably molested. Like somebody probably did something to him when he was a kid that really fucked him up. And he needs to see therapy for that. But he's like, I, I'm, it's the 90s and I'm black. We don't do therapy. But he needs to. You know what I'm saying? Huh. As I dried off, I looked into the huge mirror to span the entire length of the double sink vanity. My body had changed a lot over the years, but my breasts were still erect and firm and my ass was nice and round. My skin was flawless, something that had more to do with genetics than anything else. So many times, I thought the sex problems with Jason and I were my fault. A lack of attraction on his part. That night, I decided to find out. Jason, look at me. He ignored me and opted to catch the sports section of the news instead. I walked in front of the television to cut it off. Zoe, why'd you do that? Because I want you to look at me. I was butt naked. He sat up on the bed and glanced at me. Okay, I'm looking. You need to put some clothes on before you catch a cold. Remember how sick you got last year after we went on that ski trip? Okay, but even if, I mean, yeah, and I'm not trying to discount my thought. Like, I really do believe that that is a possibility. But you can't be so obtuse. Like, dude, you do recognize your wife's desires, her vibes, what she wants you to do to her sexually. Even if you've never done any of those, those things before, even if you've had a bad experience, you still have to communicate with her. Baby, this is why I can't do that. Baby, this is what I would like to do. You have to acknowledge her beauty. You have to acknowledge her power. You have to acknowledge her majesty or else it's going to crumble. Like, you can be the best in the world in everything else. You can be the best in the world in every other way. But if you do not show admiration for the beauty in front of you, the one that you pursued, the one that God graced you with, the one that you've pledged your undying love to, that love is going to wilt. So, yeah, while she's fucked up and he's probably gotten fucked up in some way, shape or form, he's still fucking up by not doing the due diligence that we as men should have or we as partners should have. It's not even about men because if you're in a partnership, if you're a woman and you're in a partnership, you should acknowledge and pay homage to the beauty that is in front of you, to the, the splendor that has been graced in front of you. And if she's standing in front of you naked and you're like, you're blocking the TV, Duke, every single time my wife gets out the shower, I stop and stare. And I tell her that she is absolutely incredible in every way, shape, and form. 
I actually told her she's practically perfect in every way, just like Mary Poppins. But that's because I'm a geek. She's not flawless. She's not... She's not a lot of things. But she's wonderful. And she's just... The... You know when you don't have the words to explain just how much somebody is or just what somebody is, but you know that they are the alpha and the omega and the end all and the be all. And they're the ones who really set the world in standard. They're the ones that give the planet color like they are the epitome. So you just stare with that dopey look on your face. Yeah. My wife gets out the shower and I just get shell-shocked. My wife puts on her clothes and I just get shell-shocked. My wife gets puts on makeup. She puts on her glasses and I just get shell-shocked. She smiles at me and the planet freezes. Like it literally, time just stops. And I fall into her smile and her eyes. And do you tell your wife these things? Have you been honest with her about your problems sexually? Because you know what type of a woman she is. You know what her desires are. You know what her appetite is. Are you talking to her? Or are you just put out because she doesn't get the point? You got to do better too, Jason. You need therapy. No. I mean, really look at me. After all the years we've been together, you're still uncomfortable looking at my nude body, aren't you? Don't be absurd. Jason really did look at me then, tracing the outlines of my body with his eyes just like Quentin did at the school cafeteria. You're very beautiful, Zoe, but you already know that. That's why I married your crazy ass. You know what I really do hate? Is the belief that men tell women, tell their significant others. That they love them so sparingly or that they're beautiful so sparingly. And that's just the way men are. I love you, but you know that. You know that already. So why should I have to say it? Because folks need to hear it. Not everybody is built the same way. Not everybody is coming up where it's like, oh, you don't have to tell me. You can show me in action. Yeah, some people are like that. That's cool. But other folks are like, you know what? I want to be able to hear you tell me I love you more than almost anything. And I will dedicate my life to showing you just how much your happiness means to me. If you give me the chance every single day. They need to hear that. You know who else needs to hear that? Podcasters. Leave a review. <laughs> um, I went over to the bed, pushed him on his back and climbed on top of him. Oh, so you married me for my looks, huh? Damn shame. All this time, I thought you married me because you admired the way I beat your ass the first day we met. We both started laughing, and he tickled me. She's sitting on you bucket-ass naked, and you tickling her? I was laughing so hard because we were on the bed tussling like we were kids again. I thought I told you never to bring that shit up. Besides, you were taller than me back then. I started laughing so hard I was crying. We have to make sure we tell the kids all about the day I gave you a beatdown when they get older. He started laughing as he climbed on top of me and pinned my hands down with his own. Fuck you, Zoe. 
I stopped laughing and looked him in his beautiful hazel eyes. Jason, that's exactly what I want you to do to me. Fuck me. The mention of sex immediately threw him back into a shell. He climbed off me, propped up a pillow and lay back down. Then he reached for the remote off the nightstand and turned the news back on. Jason, I whispered in his ear, propped myself up on the pillow beside him. I was thinking we could. Maybe and only if you want to. I was so nervous, I could barely get the words out. Maybe we could try oral sex. Zoe, that's disgusting. I've already told you 50 million times how I feel about that. How do you know it's disgusting unless you try it? I pulled the string on his pajama pants and was pleasantly surprised when he didn't stop me from pulling his dick out. I moved down the bed and rubbed his erection with my hand. I laid there for a few minutes, my head resting on his thigh, just enjoying the sight of it, the veins popping out of it and the way it was pulsating inside my palm. Jason had never let me play with him like that before, and I got excited thinking all of our sexual problems were about to come to an end. I convinced myself he was finally ready to explore other horizons, be more creative in bed, give me all the things I'd always read and dreamed about. Jason set my ass straight when I tried to put my mouth on his dick. He yanked my hand off him and pulled his pants back up. Zoe, what did I tell you? I don't want to do that. Not now. Not ever. Yeah. Somebody, uh... Somebody, somebody molested him when he was a kid. And that was probably a part of it. Uh, yeah. But Jason, I want to taste you so bad. Why can't I? I was devastated. I know what it is, he exclaimed, shaking his finger all up in my face. Brina and the rest of your hussy girlfriends have been drilling her nasty sexual escapades into your head. You need to leave all those bitches the hell alone. Bitches? Yes, bitches. Did I stutter or something? Mm, mm, mm. I couldn't believe I tried to suck my own husband's dick and was about to have an argument with him instead. First of all, this has nothing to do with Brina or anybody else. This is about me and you. Whatever. He turned the television off and a lamp on the nightstand. Then he turned away from me on the pillow. I'm going to sleep. Jason? Zoe, I think it's best we leave this whole subject matter alone. I don't want to argue with you. I don't want to argue either. I love you. I started rubbing his back. He pulled away from me. It's just that you sound like a straight up hoe sometimes and you aren't a hoe. You're a married woman with children and responsibilities. All your friends are too busy hanging out seeing how many men they can bed down. That's not true. Whatever. Go to sleep. Okay, so I don't know. Like, honestly, I don't know how many, like, what type of what type of trauma like that would do to you if I'm right. I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. But what type of trauma like that would do to you? But at the same time, I feel like Zane is writing him to be the bad guy in this because he's, like, completely closed off to the idea of having this type of, like, exploring other sexual avenues. And so he's pushing her into this. And calling her friends hoes and bitches is the way of making him seem like a, a, a horrible person. That's how it seems. I don't know, though. I didn't say another word to him. He fell asleep within minutes. And I got up from the bed and went down to the kitchen to put on a pot of blackberry tea, which is the best tea. Blackberry tea is the bestest tea in the world. Fight me. I don't care. I'll win. Sitting there on our screened-in porch, drinking my tea and listening to all the birds and animals making noise somewhere out in the trees, I became enraged. 
I was angry about Jason and his lack of affection towards me. I knew he loved me, but he always became irate and resentful whenever I broached the subject of our sex life or, or lack thereof. I was frustrated with myself for settling for his limitations and not demanding more. I tried to talk to him so many times, but he always ended up saying I was acting like a hoe. Then I thought about it. Why shouldn't I become a hoe? Why shouldn't my sex life be just as exciting as Brenna's and my other girlfriends? Jason was right about that one thing. I did hear about all their sexual escapades. And it made me jealous. I was sick of hearing about great sex. I wanted to have great sex. I returned to bed and stared at Jason in the dark. Then I looked up at the stars, wondering why things had to be like this. Before I fell off into a deep slumber, I had already made up my mind. If Jason wouldn't give me the love and affection I needed, I will find it in the arms of another man. I would find it in the arms of Quentin Matthews. Contrary to all the nonsense I had talked to myself that night about fooling around with Quentin, I lost my nerve. For two weeks, I didn't call him or go anywhere near him. I loved my husband, and betraying him was not going to be as easily emotionally as I thought. I considered asking Jason to go to a marriage council with me, but I knew good and damn well he would get angry. I threw myself deeper into my work and started working longer hours at the office. Jason complained because he often had to change his schedule around to accommodate mine, so I did what most women do on a time of crisis. I called my mother. After very little convincing, my mother agreed to watch her grandchildren three evenings a week so her baby girl could pursue her career. Besides, she always complained about not getting to see Peter and the twins enough, and I think Audrey was beginning to get on her last nerve at home. So it was a done deal, and it gave me a well-deserved break from rushing home to cook dinner every night, helping with homework, breaking up fights between siblings, and on and on. It was on one of the evenings I was working late at the office that I decided to relinquish my wedding vows and go see Quentin Matthews. It had been a very stressful day, and when I called Jason to seek comfort in his words, he told me he would have to get back to me, and then hung up with me without saying bye. Damn, dog. I decided to go for a walk in the cool air. Are you still mad after two weeks, fam? Like, let it go. I decided to go for a walk in the cool air. She just wanted to suck your dick, fam. Like, I decided to go for a walk in the cool air to clear my head and ended up at the martyr station where my favorite mirror was located. I sat there on the bench, thinking about the fact that Quentin was so close. His building was right across the street. I looked up at his loft and saw that the lights were on. I played out the best and worst case scenarios in my mind, and to be honest, none of them made me feel comfortable. Finally, I decided I wanted to know what real sex felt like, if only once. When I got off the elevator on his floor, I noticed there was a young woman taking some garbage down to the trash chute. She was obviously the other tenant on the floor, and her door had been left ajar. I knocked on Quentin's door and got no answer, so I knocked harder. You look for Quentin? Yes, is he home? She came prancing down the hall towards me, and I noticed she was wearing a dance leotard and tights. She felt my eyes on her. Oh, excuse the way I'm dressed. I'm, I'm a professional ballerina. That's great. Yeah, my parents bought me this law, so I got plenty of practice space. I think they kind of wanted my ass out of the house anyway, you know? She started smiling, and I returned the gesture, hoping she would not embark on telling me her whole life story. That's right, lady. Land the plane. She wants dick. I repeated my earlier question. Is Quentin home? Nah, I saw him leave out about 10 minutes ago. You just missed him. Oh, okay, thanks. I turned to get back on the elevator. 
Listen, he went over to the movie theater on Spring Street to catch that new Denzel movie. If you hurry, you can get there while the previews are still showing. Nah, I don't think so. I'll just catch up to him some other time. It's up to you, but he went to the movies alone, and I'm sure he would appreciate the company of a beautiful woman. I blushed, wondering why this girl would be telling me all this. Thanks for the tip. You're more than welcome, Zoe. I swung around to face her. How do you know my name? Quentin and I are real close friends, and let's just say he mentioned you. She started giggling. On numerous occasions, I might add. He was hoping you would come back around. That's creepy. Like, just say I could hear you through the wall, calling out his name or something like that. Like, say, like, not... He mentioned you numerous times, Zoe. He mentioned what you looked like and your hair, and it's only the first time that he saw you, but he's so enamored with you, and I just knew what you looked like based on his description of you, which is frequent. <laughs> We're real good friends. Probably invite you in for a threesome with us one day. <laughs> I was so flattered, and I'm sure it showed all over my face. Is that right? Yes, and I must say he described your ass to a T. You are very beautiful. Thanks. The elevator finally arrived, and I pulled the gate up to get on. Good night. Good night, Zoe. By the way, I'm Diamond. I got on the elevator and pulled the gate back down. I got on the elevator and pulled the gate back down. Nice to meet you, Diamond. I pushed the button for the garage, and the elevator started going down. And Zoe... If you ever decide to take a walk on the wild side with another woman, I'd just love to turn your fine ass out. Really? I mean, shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. I mean, shit, why not? Apparently, he told you, like, she's she down for whatever. Just based off the fact that he... What's the best way to say it? It's basically the same thing that she did to, 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 to Jason earlier in the book. Oh, right. Had non-consensual sex that she ended up enjoying. Performed a non-consensual sex act that she ended up enjoying. But it's still non-consensual. And then he told you about it. So she's like, yeah, I'm going to turn your ass out if you give me the chance. I wonder if she gives her the chance. We'll see. I couldn't believe she said that shit to me. All sorts of things started going through my mind. Was Quentin fucking her? Or were they just friends? Did he tell her he ate my pussy? Was I about to bite off more than I could chew? I didn't have the answer to my questions. But nevertheless, less than five minutes later, I found myself parking outside the movie theater. On the way in, I decided I would pretend to just accidentally bump into him. In in the dark? Like, the movie's already started. What if there are people sitting next to him? What, what's the plan here? It's a Denzel movie. Like, this, is, this isn't when Netflix is around or voodoo or anything like that. Like, you had to go to the theater. How are you? What? Okay. Okay. On the way in, I decided I would just pretend to accidentally just bump into him, but I knew that wouldn't work since Quentin and Diamond obviously told each other everything. So I bought my ticket, went to the dark theater, and didn't even try to hide the fact that I was there looking for him. I went from aisle to aisle whispering his name until I heard him call out, Zoe, over here. He was sitting on the far end of an aisle, right beside the wall, and I joined him. The theater was not crowded at all. Maybe 30 people tops, and everyone was spread out. So, what brings you here? Good question. I couldn't say the real answer. I, I couldn't say I had come for some dick. Diamond told me where to find you, so I decided to join you. 
Is that a problem? No. Hell no. I'm glad to see you. You had me worried that I might not ever see you again. He reached over and grabbed a hold of my hand, pulled it up to his lips and kissed it. For the next hour or so, we sat there in silence watching He Got Game. We held hands and I was shaking like a leaf. Quentin told me he was going to grab some nachos and a drink from the concession stand and asked me if I wanted anything. I told him I would take a soda and he said, okay, I'll be right back. I was desperately horny and as soon as he disappeared up the aisle, I started rubbing my nipples through my blouse. I knew there was something wrong with me, even back then. Thinking about sex 24-7 and playing with myself day and night had to be a sign. A sign I was not willing to recognize. Quentin came back with the nachos and drink. I quickly returned my hands to my lap, pretending to be Miss Innocent. When he sat down next to me, something snapped. I reached over and started caressing his dick through his jeans, and he was clearly pleased. Now that's what I'm talking about, Zoe. You want me to pull it out for you? I quickly replied, yes, pull it out. He unzipped his jeans and whipped out his dick, already hard. Now, what are you going to do with Timex now that he's come out to play? Um, Timex? Yes, he takes a licking that keeps on ticking. That's the fucking worst. That is awful. Awful. I used to call my dick Houdini. Also awful. Because it did a disappearing yak into my wife's vagina, her pussy. Awful. Houdini is bad sporting. I haven't called him Houdini in a long time. Also, not him. When you give your dick a different personality than you, then you are leaving yourself open to say, oh, I'm thinking with my little head, not with my big head, and shit like that. And that's how you get in trouble. But Timex is awful. Timex is bad. King Kong is bad. It's played out. Houdini is bad, but understandable because you know where all it's coming from. Like I'm disappearing into the into a hole, and I'm hoping I can come back out. You know, eventually, I don't die. I don't know. It's awful. Even saying it out loud makes it even worse. But there's other bad names for dicks. <sighs> we both started laughing and almost choked on the soda I just sucked up through a straw. Well, let's see. What should I do with them? I was a nervous wreck, but not about to back down. I set my drink down on the floor, took the cup of warm cheese sauce that came with the nachos, and... <coughs> I set my drink down on the floor, took the cup of warm cheese sauce that came with the nachos, and poured half of it all over his dick. He flinched. Bitch, that shit's hot! That's what he should have said. If we're already at this mode and y'all don't know each other like that and you're just going to take hot ass nacho cheese and pour it on my dick, do you know that cheese fucking adheres? There's less painful ways to do this. You could have just sucked his dick. You could have jerked him off. You don't have to pour hot Nacho cheese. That's like saying, let me pour this hot sauce right in your piss hole. Yo, let me put this uh, Slim Jim in your vagina. Let me stick this Slim Jim up in your pussy. What would happen if I put this pepperoncini up in your pussy hole? That is bad form, and it's just nasty. Like, you're in the movie theater. You're in the movie theater with 30 people in there. And you're going to suck his dick in the movie theater. That's fine. 
Alanis Morissette talks about all the time. Uh, would you? Will she go down on you in a theater? Apparently, you will. But people might be sitting near you, like across from you, and it's not that dark. And then you pour cheese sauce on the nigga's dick, like cheese sauce, fam. Cheese sauce. Are you gonna crumble up the chips and put them on top too? Make a nice little, you know, texture, textural thing. The nigga just—he just wanted his nachos. Like, yeah, he's getting ahead. That's great. But how is he now? You want him to eat dry ass tortilla chips with a nacho cheese covered dick? Like, are you gonna lick all of that off his dick? Are you sure about that? Are you gonna get it all, or is there gonna be a cheesy underneath, like the 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 base of his? Like, oh my god. If the dude is circumcised, there's going to be cheese around the head of his dick like that you can't all get off and his dick's going to smell all cheesy. And if he's uncircumcised, then honestly, I don't think people should get circumcised. I don't think I should have gotten circumcised. I really do feel like getting circumcised takes like they're cutting away a part of you. So I feel like they're cutting away something that probably has a lot of fucking feeling. But that's just me personally. I'm probably right, though. But cheese sauce, cheese sauce, oh my God. I leaned over the seat and started to lick the cheese off his dick. Then I got up and moved in between his knees, kneeling down on the floor so I can get more access. I started sucking his dick like a pro. One would have thought I had years of experience, even though it was my first time, and all that reading really paid off. Because Quentin was moaning like crazy and holding on to the armrest of his seat for dear life. And nobody notices this. I sucked the head first and was hooked on the taste of a man's juices from the second some of his pre-cum hit the back of my throat. The shit was on from that point. I deep-throated that bitch and loved it. I almost gagged a few times, but I caught a rhythm and sucked the shaft and caressed his balls until he came in my mouth. He started trembling and acting like he was having a seizure. Did you lick all the cheese off his dick? Like, every single... Are you sure? <sighs> I'm just saying, you stopped rather abruptly to start sucking the dick and do all this other stuff. I, I'm, but you know what? When she deep-throated it, when she deep-throated it, she probably swallowed all of the cheese. So now she got cheese cum. She's she got cheese cum. You know, it's, it's, it's like cheese curls, but it's saltier. Not creamier, though. Like, oh my God. I just... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was hesitant to let his dick out of my mouth, even when it got soft. I wanted some more. I sat there for a few minutes, gently licking and sucking his balls before I got up and announced, I have to go. The hell you mean you have to go? I have to go home. Enjoy the rest of your movie. I was gathering my coat and purse. He started getting loud me in the theater. You're crazy. Always running away. You just gonna come in here, suck my dick and leave? In the theater, nigga? Like, this is how you react? She came in here and gave you top piece. Like, even with the cheese sauce, which is still fucking weird. It's probably fucking A1 because, you know, even though it's her first time doing it, why not be great at it? White people do it in movies all the time. You're the best around. Don't forget. So, the, literally, don't forget, 
The nigga in the Karate Kid literally pulled up on people who have been to, doing karate their entire fucking lives and stood on one foot and beat all of them. This woman who had never sucked a dick before came in here, poured cheese sauce on your dick, didn't know what she was supposed to do, didn't use no teeth, knew just how much pressure to apply when sucking the balls, knew how to deep throw the motherfucker without gagging and throwing up all over your legs because the combination of sex, pre-cum, and fucking cheese sauce while gagging on your dick while she's deep throwing you should have made her fucking vomit. I'm just guessing. But she didn't do none of that. She took it like an absolute champ, swallowed your shit, said, hey, I'm going to keep sucking on your balls and all that kind of stuff for a few minutes later because I like the feel of it. Stood up and was like, I got to go. And you get loud in the theater? Nigga, both y'all getting the fuck out the theater now. Both y'all bar from this goddamn theater. And you can't go to the Arby's next door. Nigga, what the fuck is wrong with you? Somebody suck your dick in the motherfucking theater. You better not slut shame for that shit. But instead, you know what you're doing, Quentin? On the very first night out, you're standing up and you're fucking slut shaming this woman for sucking your dick in a goddamn movie theater. Somebody who just told you that they were, didn't just tell you, but they were not comfortable with stepping outside their marriage came to you because they needed this and they performed this act for you, which is literally worshiping your dick and you flash on her in a movie theater. Motherfucker, what? You're crazy. Always running away. You just gonna come in here, suck my dick and leave? Shh, keep your voice down. Yes, that's exactly what I'm about to do. Leave. Forget this movie. Let's go back to my place. I want to be with you. He started feeling all over my thighs, trying to get his hand in between my legs, but I wouldn't let him. Quentin, I have to go. It's been real, and thanks for the, um, whatever you want to call it. He sat there shaking his head as I made my way to the center aisle. I turned back to him. Besides, I owed you from that last time. One good lick deserves another. When I got in my car and started the ignition... Quentin startled me by preventing me from shutting the driver's side with his hand. So you can't just leave me like that, he said seductively, making me weak in the knees even though I was sitting down. Let's go back to my place and talk. Just talk. Yeah, when I was uh, uh, in college, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of guys would uh, offer to let the girls see the stars that they had attached to their ceiling. Yeah, it took me a while to get that reference because I didn't have stars attached to my ceiling in my room. I wasn't even thinking about it like that. And the girls would be like, ah, okay, I'll go see him. And then they come back out and they didn't look impressed. They must have been uh, the little dipper. I can't, Quentin. I really do need to get home. It's getting late. I was determined to hold my ground until he started running his fingers through my hair and I lost it. That's, 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 it's a good feeling. I'm not even joking. Like, if you can get one of those metal things that go into your... Hmm. I'm sorry. I started rubbing my own head and lost track of time. If you can get one of those scalp massagers for yourself, yeah, do that. If you can do it for your, your significant other, even more so. While they sit in between your legs and watch TV, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Come take a ride with me, he suggested. I want to show you something special. Something like what? I inquired, full of curiosity. Something I'm positive you'll like. He could tell I was about to give in and leaned over to cut off my engine and remove my keys. He pulled me up out of the car. There's one little condition, though. Which is, I asked with a raised eyebrow, let me blindfold you. Now, common sense should have told me to take my ass home, but I didn't. 
I followed him to his car, got in, and sat there patiently while he looked in the back for something to cover my eyes with. Can I please take this blindfold off now? Quentin had stopped his car and walked around to open up the pasture door for me. I could feel the cool night air rush inside, in direct contrast to the heat that had warmed up the interior of the car during the ride over. Not yet, Quentin replied. Give me your hand. I reached my hand out. He pulled me up and out of the car. The first thing I realized was that we were standing on some sort of gravel. Now I knew what the noise had been when I heard something hitting up against the tires a few seconds before the car came to a halt. Where are we, Quentin? Practice some patience, my dear. He led me by the hand and pushed my hips backwards, so I was sitting on the hood of the car, the engine still warm underneath my bottom. I want to make sure your first look is a perfect one. My first look at what? I was getting nervous. Why? I have no idea. I had just got finished waxing this dick in a movie theater after all. With nacho cheese. With the nacho cheese, hunty. I'm not really impressed. I'm just... I feel like she wrote that and was looking for kudos, so... Yeah! That's the one thing I was sure he wasn't planning to show me. After all, I had already had an eagle-eyed view of that bad boy. Come on, take the blindfold off, please. Just one more second. I heard him walking around, and then the driver's side door opened. A minute later, I heard Got to Give It Up by Marvin Gaye blaring from the car stereo. Before I knew it, Quentin kissed me gently on the nape of my neck and climbed on the hood beside me. I used to listen to this song all the time when I was a kid. Eleven years old, to be exact. I'll bring a little tape player out here and play it over and over again while I worked. Worked? I was completely lost. You had a job when you were 11? Sort of, he replied, untying the blindfold and letting it fall in my lap. I was working on this. My mouth fell open in awe at the vision before me. We were by the railroad tracks and swaths beside an old, deteriorated and abandoned warehouse. Quentin's headlights were on, illuminating the most magnificent mural I had ever seen. I covered my mouth to keep my tongue from falling out while I climbed down off the hood to take a closer look. SWATS stands for Southwest Atlanta. Too strong. <laughs> oh my goodness. Quentin, you did this when you were 11 years old? I started it when I was 11, he replied. It took me almost five years to finish it, though. It's the first mural I ever painted, and the most special. The mural was of an African-American family sitting around a gigantic wooden table eating dinner. Everything from a big, juicy turkey to corn on the cob to collard greens. A huge fire blazed in the background. Both the cat and the dog were sitting on the hearth, playing with a ball of red yarn together. The features of the people were so intense, so descriptive, right down to the wrinkles on the mother's brow. There were five people in the picture. A man, a woman, and three beautiful children. Kind of like what you and your husband and your kids are like, except without the dog and the cat. Huh. The youngest little boy resembled Quentin so much, there was no mistaking it was him. Is this a mural of your family, Quentin? No. My family was fucked the hell up. I turned around in astonishment, not expecting such a negative response. The pain was written all over his face. My father left my mother for a white woman when I was five. My mother let herself go after that until there was nothing left. When I was nine, she killed herself. She slid her wrist over the kitchen sink while she was washing dishes. Just decided she had endured enough bullshit from everyone, I suppose. 
I rushed back over to him and drew him into my arms, letting his head rest against my shoulder. I'm so sorry to hear that. I kissed him on the forehead and he drew away. Why are you sorry? You didn't have a damn thing to do with it. An uneasy feeling began to wash over me. There was anger in his voice, bordering on hatred. I began to wonder what I was doing there in the first place. I should have been home with my husband and kids where I belonged. Why'd you bring me here, Quentin? Because I wanted you to see it, he said in a low, husky voice. I've never shown this to anyone before. Not ever. It's beautiful, I stated cautiously. Who are the people in the picture? They're the family I wish I had. They're the family I should have had. Instead, my older brother and sister and I ended up living with our grandmother. She tried the best she could, but her heart was broken after my mother's suicide. I think, I think every time she looked at us, it reminded her of her own failures. She always blamed herself for my mother, but it wasn't her fault. It was that bitch-ass father of mine who did it. He walked over to the wall and started fingering his mother's eyes lightly. Do you know that bastard didn't even have the decency to come to her funeral? He was off in Hawaii with that white bitch of his, lying on the fucking beach. I'm so sorry, Quentin. Stop saying you're sorry, damn it. He screamed at me. I started trembling in fear. He must have recognized it because he came over and wrapped his arms around my waist. I, I didn't mean to hurt you. Girl, dip. If you were spending all that time talking shit about uh, Brina and her boyfriend, the abusive one, which obviously, yes, he's abusive. And you were right. I mean, the way you went about it was probably fucked up. But you, you're, you're, you know, the road to hell. It's paid with good intentions. But you're telling her about these things that he's doing to her, which are signs and which are fucked up. This dude is screaming at you for nothing. For nothing, fam. Like his whole voice just changed up and everything. Dip. Now. He's not your boyfriend. He's your side piece. Dip. Now. Don't worry about nothing else. Stop the business with him. Dip. Now. But you won't. You won't. I'm okay, I replied hesitantly. I just can't think of any other words. He looked me deep in my eyes. Then don't say any more words. Our kiss began, and to this day, I'm not sure where the passion in my lips came from. All I know is that it did, and it was earth-shattering. Before I knew it, we were both naked, making love on the hood of his car. We didn't say another word to each other. The whole time, I kept staring into the eyes of the woman in the picture, wondering how much pain she must have been in to take her own life that way. That is not sexy. That is not the move. Like, I would have put her on the hood on the other side. Something. So she isn't staring into the eyes of the family I wished I had because my mom killed herself and my dad left my mom for a white bitch. And oh, by the way, I'm going to, you know, mac on you. So then you leave your husband and the cycle fucking continues. Quentin and I exploded in unison. I struggled to breathe because I had never had an orgasm like that before. Not even when I masturbated. And trust me, I had that shit down to a science. Quentin finally broke the silence. Zoe, I know that this is wrong, he whispered, sucking gently on my left nipple. I know this is wrong. I know that this is wrong, he whispered, sucking gently on my left nipple. I shouldn't have these feelings for another man's wife, but I do. At that point, I didn't know what my true feelings were, so I remained mute. I just want you to know that I don't have any great expectations. I just, 
I want to be with you whenever and wherever I can. My mind flashed back to Jason. I pictured him sitting at home in his drawing room, waiting patiently for me to come home to him. I pictured my kids tucked snugly in their beds, dreaming of faraway lands and fairy princesses. I sat up abruptly and started feeling around for my clothes so I could get dressed. Quentin, I, I don't know what to say right now. Something special just happened between us. I realized that, and just so you know, I've never cheated on my husband before. He ran his fingers through my hair because he knew that worked before. I know you haven't. He started sucking on my earlobe, and my body yearned to give in to his desires all over again. I know this is confusing, but we can make this work somehow. Like, dude, you can't pour honey on shit. Like, this is a shit situation for both y'all, and you're pouring honey on it. So while you're telling her you know this is wrong, you're literally doing things to her body that's going to make her stay. Again, that's coercement. I got lost in his eyes and could have sworn my heart stopped beating for a brief second. And just so y'all know, like, okay, I'm going to get into it. My dad cheated on my mom, like, frequently. Frequently. And so I grew up with my mom's pain because he then left her. I grew up with my mom's pain. And so I feel very strongly about people cheating. Like, I can't forgive it. I can't abide by it. I can understand it now as I get older and I can understand that the communication is the right thing to do. And I can understand that sometimes you don't leave the person who cheated on you, but the hurt is still there. And, you know, when you grow up with something that that trauma, the trauma of seeing your mom's tears, of hearing your mom cry at night, of her wondering where he is, wondering where they are makes you really feel a certain way towards people doing it in book form, movie form, whatever else. Can we go back to the theater to get my car now, please? Sure thing. He put on his clothes and we rolled back to the theater in silence. He rewound the Marvin Gaye tape and sang the words so low they were barely audible. When we were pulling into the parking lot, I asked him, Whatever happened to your brother and sister, Quentin? I'd really rather not discuss that right now, he replied, taking my hand and kissing my fingers one at a time. We'll talk about it later. I let it go. He saw me to my car and made me promise to be in touch soon. I reluctantly promised. What I should have done is told him to stay away from me, that I was no good and that we were no good together. When I got home, everyone was asleep. I took a quick shower to rinse away my sins and joined Jason in bed. He draped his arm and leg over me and whispered, I love you, in my ear, halfway between being awake and being asleep. I kept my back to him and stayed awake for the remainder of the night, letting the tears trickle down my cheeks into the pillowcase. Chapter 15 Quentin and I started seeing each other on a regular basis after that, and while I felt guilty, I couldn't stop. It felt too damn good. I stayed away from him for about three days after the little movie theater train yard episode, and then I decided to go over to his place. I must admit, I knew he and I would end up fucking if I went over there, and that was exactly what I wanted, so it was exactly what I got. It was about dusk when I showed up at Quentin's loft. He answered the door wearing an apron, and the aroma of his cooking hit me as soon as I got off the elevator. Zoe, what a pleasant surprise. Come on in. He moved aside so I could enter his loft. Did I catch you at a bad time? No, not at all. In fact, your timing is perfect. Now I don't have to eat alone. Well, I'm not really that hungry, 
but I could use a glass of wine if you have one. Sure, have a seat and I'll be right back. He went to the kitchen and returned a moment later with a bottle of red wine and two wine glasses. He poured me a glass and walked over to the sofa to hand it to me. Zoe, take your shoes off. Make yourself at home. Thanks, I will. I kicked my black high-heeled pumps off and leaned back on the sofa to sip on the wine. So, what you got cooking? I decided to try this recipe for lasagna I saw on the cable cooking show earlier today. I started giggling. You watch cooking shows? Wow, you're full of surprises. Yes, I do. He started eyeing me all over again, and for the first time, it didn't make me uncomfortable in the least. After sucking his dick with nacho cheese on it, amongst other things, shyness was no longer an option. Let me take it out of the oven so we could talk. Okay. I decided to be nosy again and took a peek at his easel. He had removed the portrait of the governor and replaced it with a portrait of a beautiful African-American woman. I was immediately jealous. She's the wife of a friend. She asked me to paint her portrait as an anniversary gift for him. That's cool. He walked up behind me and covered the portrait back up with the oil cloth. Don't worry, baby. This dick's for you. Hmm, is that right? He started blowing in my ear. Damn, Skippy. He took me by the hand and started leading me up the stairs. What the hell do you think you're doing? Taking you to bed. You got a problem with that? As a matter of fact, I do. You're tripping, assuming I came over here to fuck you. I pulled my hand away from his, and he came closer to me, pressing his chest against mine and grabbed me around the waist. That is what you came over here for, isn't it? Hell nah. I hate to bruise your male ego, but I came over here to discuss business. He and I both knew I was full of shit. Yeah, right, Zoe. Hmm, well, whatever. I should be going now because you're bugging. I started walking over to where my shoes were so I could put them on when he picked me up and flung me over his left shoulder. My ass was all up in his face. What the hell? He carried me up the stairs, flung me down his queen-size waterbed. Waterbed? What is this, 86? And started undressing me. Listen, Quentin, I didn't come here for this, for real. Then look me in my eyes, Zoe, and tell me you don't want me. He and I gazed at each other, and I wanted to tell him I didn't want him, but the words wouldn't come. You literally came up the stairs saying you wanted dick. Like, we're all, I'm not even worried about this because I read you say that you wanted this dick. So, I don't know why you're playing the role or playing this game, but now that I know the truth in this situation, you're, I guess this is just part of your fantasy, but this is all putting because I would have stopped. Me personally, like, I'm, I need consent all the way through. And if you say I'm not feeling this, I'm going to stop and be like, wait, what? Okay. And you would have put on your shoes and walked out the door and wondered why I wasn't pursuing you. I would have just been like, what the fuck was that? Like, seriously. <sighs> Enough said. We already crossed the line the other night, Zoe. There's no turning back now. We need to finish the feelings. Finish the feelings. I said it the second time because I feel like that should be like a hashtag on a horrible, horrible quote. Like live, laugh, love, finish the feelings. Quentin got me totally undressed and he removed all his clothes as well. The neon sign at the hotel across the street was blinking steadily and flashes of red outlined his body as he stood at the foot of the bed. 
He spread my legs open with his hands, and after that, we didn't say a word to each other. We just fucked. He ate my pussy again, and then stood on the edge of the bed. I figured out he was waiting on a blowjob, so I complied and loved sucking it. When he came in my mouth, I was in heaven and probably moaned louder than he did. He started fucking me, and by the time Quentin fucked me for 20 minutes, I was a maniac. I began to think my lack of experience showed, especially when he pulled me on top of him and I froze. I had no idea how to ride a dick. I was used to the missionary position only. I gave it a try. He helped me by guiding my hips up and down until I got the hang of it. I remember reading somewhere to tighten my muscles while I'm on top, and I did that. He started moaning real loud while I contracted my pussy muscles on his dick. I was so proud of myself. It may sound silly, but being sexually repressed for as long as I was and finally getting fucked the right way twice in one week was one of the most stimulating events of my life. The next six months were filled with confusion, guilt, and a newfound sexual freedom. Quentin took me to heights I had never known physically, and frankly, I became a nymphomaniac. There weren't enough hours in the day to have sex, and when I wasn't with Quentin and Jason was ignoring me as usual, I began to masturbate ten times more than usual. I even masturbated with an umbrella once in my car. It was a rainy day, and I had to pull over because it was pouring down too hard to drive. I parked underneath an underpass and didn't make it five minutes without playing with myself. thought it was an overpass. Under an underpass? Can you park under and under? Whatever. My obsession with sex was getting way out of hand, but it was beyond my control. Quentin was just as creative sexually as he was with a paintbrush. He taught me so much about sex, including how to 72. 72? A variation of old 69 where three fingers are inserted into the ass for extended pleasure. God damn. That's what they call that? I, did, I didn't know. I was just doing it. Like, I'm a trendsetter. Not three fingers, though, because never tried three. My fingers are pretty fucking big, so maybe, but I never thought of even attempting to do three fingers. Oh, I don't I don't know. He turned me on a liquid latex. We poured it over each other's bodies and let it harden before we fucked each other. The only parts that weren't covered were my nipples, my pussy, my ass, and his dick. It was a wild sensation. It was like wearing a tight, full-body mask, and I loved it. Everything was going great. I had the husband of my dreams who loved me and was a great father to our kids, and I had the lover of my dreams as well. Everything was perfect, or so I thought. Zoe, sit still. I'm trying to, but my back is itching. I was sitting on one of the velvet-covered crates, posing for Quentin while he painted a portrait of me. It was a second one. He had already painted one and hung it over his bed, just like he said he would. He wanted another one to hang in the studio itself. Jason is going to make it to this house somehow, and is going to see the picture of her over the top of the bed. Okay. Let me scratch it for you then. He put down his paint palette and came over to put me out of my misery. I started laughing while he scratched my bare back. That tickles. I was nude from the waist up, having agreed to let Quentin paint me that way. I was becoming bolder by the day. Zoe? Yes? I thought he was going to say something like he wanted to fuck or wanted to go out and grab a bite to eat. But never in a million years could I have been prepared for what came out of his mouth. I want you to leave him. Uh, say what? I was frozen like a popsicle. I want you to leave your husband and move in here with me. I want you to do it like yesterday. I got up from the crate and put on Quentin's silk bathrobe I had laying nearby. 
Quentin, you know I can't leave Jason. Not now, not ever. I see. Well then, Zoe, we have a serious problem. I started caressing his dick through his pants. No, we don't have any problems, boo. Oh, so that's not your word for Jason? You're calling everybody boo? Stop it. He pushed my hand away from his crotch and walked over to the window. This isn't working out anymore. I need you to be here with me all night, every night. Not just when it suits you. This isn't fair to me. Quentin, you knew from the jump I was married. Why'd you get involved with me if you wanted more? He turned around, looked at me, and threw his hand up in the air. Hell if I know. I just had to have you. From the moment I first laid eyes on you, I knew you were the one. Well, I can't be the one. Not in that way. I started up the steps to get dressed. I'll leave. And I won't ever bother you again if you don't want me to. I promise. I'm sorry, Quentin. I never expected things to turn out like this. No, you aren't going anywhere. He caught up to me on the stairs, tore the robe off me, and pushed me down on one of the steps. Then he took his dick out of his pants, moved my panties to the side with his fingers, and fucked me right there on the steps. We'll do it your way. I'd rather have a part of you than nothing at all. For a brief moment, I feared him. There were times when he seemed to have an evil side to him, but I can never pinpoint it. I would often try to ask him about his older brother and sister, but he would become tense and change the subject. The only halfway decent response I ever received from him was, they're long gone. I had no idea what that meant. Driving home that night, I wondered whether I should break it off with Quentin for good. In my heart, I knew it was the right thing to do, and only trouble could come out of it if I continued the affair. He had laid his cards on the table and made me well aware of his wants and desires. Continuing to fuck him meant three things. Trouble for him, trouble for me, and trouble for my marriage. But I couldn't stop. I was straight up hooked. I was addicted. 916-633-1537. Wretched and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. You can leave a review on Spotify. It takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser. Copy and paste that into Apple Podcasts. And then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. One dollar will get you a ton of content. Uh, you can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. Or on the Good Pods app, you can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to you later. Peace. outro to ratchet book club is by that kid garan and it's called goodbyes you can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat this is single simulcast